0: Thank y'all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Today, I have Mr. Heath Claxton with Soul Shine Band. Uh, he just did a velvet session with us. Y'all, please go check that out. It was great. His first piano we've had in here. Uh, I didn't know how it was going to fit. Uh I'm I'm simple though. I thought uh when you said piano, I thought this old wood some bitch was coming
1: through the door. I was wondering why you asked, you know, you said how much space you need and I was thinking, uh, is he thinking I got a big piano on the back of the truck? Sorry? I was kinda of hoping you did though. But
0: at the same time I was like, I'm gonna have to help pick this some bitch up. So let's let's hope it's not too big. Um, me and Mr. Heath, uh, we go back for the days when I was working in radio and I got a chance to, first real face-to-face we've had, yep. um, got to talk to you on the phone a couple of times, super cool guy. Uh, you work with, uh, That's right. Uh, you're one of the big boys.
1: No, nah, I don't know about big boys, but we're all, we're, I guess we all in management. Uh, you know, we do it as a team and, um, you know, we, you know, we do a lot of coaling over the whole state of georgia and several different states it's a great company to work for you know and we appreciate um you know all our employees but we're just one big team well i, I remember from my days in radio though you're always looking for drivers right yeah you know it, it's hard to find it's not really hard to find drivers it's hard to keep them sometimes so um you know in and out they, well, go we're always companies. doing helpless plugs here <laughs> And one of
0: our uh, one of the biggest groups that listen to us or listen to me yeah. is uh, is our truck drivers. So if yeah. you got a little spiel to tell them about what they can get at yeah, Arsalimana, and tell yeah, them real fast. Sure.
1: I mean you know, it ain't gonna hurt. No, it's not gonna hurt. You know, um, we're always interviewing and of course and, and trying to get you know drivers and the ones we have, we appreciate them and um, every employee we do have, we appreciate. But yes, you know, you're a truck driver and you you know you want to be home every night. You know, come on uh, by the office over in McIntyre and come see me. And, um, we'll see what we can do. I'm in your home every night and get retention bonuses.
0: What's retention and bonuses?
1: Retention bonuses is a bonus that uh, we put together a couple of years ago. And that, that's to help to retain the drivers. Um, you know, it's an incentive for them where in six months from hire date, you know, they'll, they'll get X amount of dollars and, and then one year so if you stay on it, it you'll progresses get okay it progresses so in three years if they with us three years then you know it goes to that amount and it stays there it grandfathered there so every July you get that that three year bonus. So it kind of retains drivers and you know and that's on top of a Christmas bonus so Sweet. so you get two bonuses a year and and um we got a real good business going and and Mr. you know um a lot of, a lot of people is it's a family owned business um and been around a long time so yeah. were you we're, a truck
0: driver at one point in time
1: At one point in time um I did have my CDLs and, and drove I never went over the road or anything like that I never brought, went over pulled. the road Yeah like long distances oh, Okay so, so you- now we're short haul Okay. You know, you're homes. home every night, you know, it's the kale uh, and mines and stuff. So, I've hauled equipment, but other than that, you know. See, I, I don't I think
0: I could be a, be a truck driver. Uh-huh. I think I'd be the world's worst truck driver. <laughs> there's too many places to
1: stop. There's too much shit to do. I get it. <laughs> so, it, you'd be the one up there and I'd be getting off the lottery machine or something like that. Uh, would or, I? I mean, <laughs>
0: I would. I don't do the lottery machines. I, I I'm a big gambler though. I, I love Biloxi. Uh, Biloxi <laughs> is my weakness, or one of them. And uh, there's no way if you told me that I had a run that I had to make from Georgia to Ten or Georgia to Texas, I'm stopping. Hey, <laughs> I, I can see that big rig pulling through the Hard Rock right now, hoping <laughs> <I'm laughs> to get a hop to go park it for me.
1: Uh, but uh,
0: uh, but no. Um. But besides that, and you're doing very well at that because uh, one thing that I've always heard about you. And uh, even besides you being a good musician is the fact that you just you handle your job very well. You always hear compliments about you. So I, that's one of the reasons I really look forward to sitting down and talking with you. Uh, well, so you. if you are a truck driver, hit up Arcella Mining. Hit up
1: Mr. Heath Claxton. Uh,
0: they use a very good reputation. We're good. The complete good. opposite of mine.
1: So, I'm t- well, I'm sure they're they're going, going, I've got a little bit of that too probably, but yes you know, it's it'd good. be all right. He,
0: <laughs> hey, with
1: every bit. Everybody of, can't like you.
0: Either. You're right, but you're not supposed to. One of my uh, favorite quotes is if uh, everybody in this world likes you, then you're living wrong your faith. That's so true. <laughs> there's, right. there's, there's no way everybody should like you.
1: No. Nope, if you're right. being
0: real to yourself, you, you are, are the right. opposite of somebody, and nobody <laughs> should dig you. But um, speaking of digging something, I like y'all's music. I've got a chance to like, bump into y'all a couple of times at bars. Now you didn't know I was listening in the back. But I was listening, because uh, I, I always want with me being a promoter and me booking shows or whatever. It's always we're looking for certain bands to do certain things for mm-hmm. us, and um, I always would hear you do your covers, and mm-hmm. you always kill your covers. <laughs> yeah, you've got this seventies. <laughs> so I'm obsessed with seventies music. Oh, me too. Seventies uh, country rock, mm-hmm. whatever. To me. When they were all on acid and doing drugs mm-hmm. and just out their mind, that's when the best music ever was made.
1: Sure,
0: I don't think it was because of those things. Is why the best music was made. Mm-hmm. I think it's because they were free. That's I don't right. think there were so many restrictions and stuff on them then. Uh, but like, but then when you're doing the Velvet Session a while ago, you really caught me with. The song about veterans, as you, you even stated in the video, you know how I feel about my vets and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to meet Miss Taylor a while ago. Uh, Miss Taylor's husband's a vet. She's an EMT and firefighter and uh, works Thank with us. For you, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, I would like for you to kind of the story that you told a while ago behind it, kind of give people a little bit of detail. Yeah. So when they hear it on the velvet sessions, you know, they got a little more in depth, right?
1: It. Um, you know, I've, I've had a, a lot of family members uh that that was in the wars and from Vietnam to um World War two to i mean just about all of them I've had some uncles um even my you know grandfather my mom's dad um he died in the war and um he was actually in a barracks fire and you know military and the wars has always fascinated me and and not because of this war because i guess it shouldn't fascinate you but you know, um, no, it's fascinating, that, yeah, it, it, it yeah, is. Yeah, you, a, I know, especially that you, if you don't, you, you know, you're well, ne- never being
0: okay. Know, right? Same, me, I didn't serve. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I, I should, I, I always say I should have, but I, mm-hmm. but then again, I don't believe I'm the person I am today if I would have, right? So, it's, it's, you know, it's a double edged sword there. But for folks like me and you who don't know no better, is usually what I say, we don't know what these veterans and stuff experience, these people that mm-hmm. have served. It is extremely fascinating to us because. In my mind, you're looking at real life superheroes. Yeah, it's like exactly. these guys have the courage. We had the guys from Mission 22 in here the other day. they one of the first podcasts with us, and um, he did a, a couple tours over in Iraq and everything as a helicopter pilot. And a couple weeks ago, there was a, um, a gas tanker or whatever it is It transports mm-hmm. gasoline or whatever it is back and forth, that exploded on the road in front of his house and with him and his wife and kids inside, right? Mm -hmm. Well, he tells the story about how the first thing he did, check on his wife and kids, then he runs outside and runs directly to the cab of this vehicle. And in my mind, it's like this man is programmed to, that's a gas tanker. You know it's going to blow up.
1: Build up a courage. But
0: you still have the courage to, you know what? My family's safe. I'm going to save this man. He said halfway there, though, luckily, the guy was in the other yard unscathed. Somehow Mm -hmm. he got slung out the window, had no injuries or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But it just blew my mind at the courage. And I think that's what, for people like me and you that just don't know any better, the amount of courage that it takes to do these things and uh, i think i think that's so remarkable about it and that's why i love that song you did well you
1: know just some of the some of the stories you know i've sat down some of my uncles and and some of the family and and um just out of the blue um a good real good friend of mine adam lawrence um is up in in the byron warner robbins area and, and and you know he had reconnected with me and and um He said he thought I got this poem. I want to shoot you, and I want you to read it and see what you think about it. And he knew I was in the middle of trying to do some writing and and you know doing some things like that. And so when he sent the poem, and I read it that night, and I was actually in my man cave. You know, I'm sure a lot of people see me live on in the man cave on Facebook, but I was in there and I was reading that poem, and and it hit me hard. I was like, man, listen at this. This is a man that is crying pretty much inside telling his story of, you know, how the pain and the misery, you know, dragging in the fields uh, from the cotton field You know, they was young kids. I yeah. mean, you know, a, a lot of them, a lot of the Vietnam War veterans, I mean, it's fact. You know, some of them was in trouble, and that was a way that they, they, you know, got, out they sent, trouble, got, got out of trouble. Going to enlist. And, then, and then some of them was drafted. some of them, Had no you know, option. Had no option. You know, so— you know, here's a 18 year old guy that's all of a sudden snatched up and sent to, you know, to Vietnam, and and he's watching all his friends he went to school with. You know, he had a couple buddies that went with him, and and he begins to tell me the stories of, you know, the red flares and the green flares. And I've got another song about that, but it's got red flares and, you know, that's hostiles, and then the green flares, and and you know, he said it it just seems like the enemy was all around him because it was. I mean, gunfire everywhere, and he's in this foxhole. And I, I'm picturing all this while he's telling me these stories. And I've got another song I wrote. It's called Sands of Sin, and, and it's about that. Um, but, you know, Gave It All is real, you know, real special to me because, like I said, you know, before I sang a while ago in the Veil session, it, it's not my words. Yeah. It, you know, it's William Smith, and, and it's not only William Smith. It is, it is all the veterans that went to Vietnam. And I'm sure every one of them can relate to being lifted up in a helicopter and a hearing gun scream. And you know, misery loves company. Yes, it does. You know, and, and they feel like, you know, there's my brothers down there and, and they're dying. And, you know, I, I'm wounded. I'm in pain, but I'm getting to go home. And you know, I see a video. In the future of this song, and actually showing the wall, and and you know, and showing the story, and um, it's just real heart touching that William could sit down on the back porch, and and I and I actually got the opportunity to go see Mr. William and his wife, and 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 sit down. I'd done just what I just done in the Velvet mm-hmm. Session, and they had no idea that I had wrote the song, and and I started. We're going
0: to help, help you make that video, you know. And I started. No, I, I love that idea. I
1: started singing it. And William, you know, tears start yeah. falling, and he beginning to realize, you know. And then I'm telling him, you know, Mr. William, I really, and here's what hit me hard. I'd really like to record this song. And, you know, when you write a song and record it, and it gets played and all this time, you know, you get it copyrighted, and you know the whole no oh, yards. Yeah, yeah. Well, is that okay with you, Mr. William? And he says, hey, let me tell you something, son. He said, I didn't write that song. He said, I lived it. And I was thinking, Wow. You know what a hero, what what a what a testament to other people that was in the war, well, the, and, and the people that wasn't in the war. Yeah, the, to get them to visualize it.
0: The men and women that served this country during, during World War One, Two, and Vietnam are a different breed of individual. In mine, there is the men and women that are in our military now are badasses, one hundred percent. But it's it's different. There's mm-hmm. like when you see these old men. Uh, and it always tickles me for some reason when you see these old men got their khakis jacked up to their tits and got the <laughs> suspenders on, <laughs> yeah. but every one of them has got a hat on that was their infantry where they served or whatever mm-hmm. what branch they were in, and there's a lot of veteran men now and women that they they wear their stuff with pride like don't don't get oh, yeah. me wrong, they wear their stuff with pride. Mm-hmm. but these guys back then. They, it's like they'd sleep in that shit. Oh, yeah. They never take it never off. Never take it they off. They never, ever take it off. And there's something every time I see it. It's like that man is proud mm-hmm. of what he did. And uh, that I, I will never, ever knock anything to do with our military. I think no. I get pissed um, every time that somebody doesn't allow me to talk about our military. Well, I, nobody's ever told me I couldn't, but. Uh, I, as I told you before, there's been instances where I've been places and been asked to tone it down. And there's a reason why I'm not places anymore. <laughs> but uh, it, it's one of those things, Ethan, I, and you get it because of the, the song you wrote. There's people like me and you, and there's a whole lot more of us that we didn't serve, but we see the pride that it takes to yeah. serve And it should be our, we should kiss every veteran's ass as far as I'm concerned. From every war. From the time they get home, from the time they sign up, they should be treated different. They should be treated with the utmost respect in this world. There should be songs, ballads, whatever wrote about them nonstop, round the clock. The fact that we glorify people that should not be glorified in this country but then we don't lift up our military the way we should is a joke. And when I hear people like you and some of my other buddies that have been in here and just that I know that do talk about passionately the military and the songs like you just wrote and the poetry, it gives me hope that somebody hears that and hears you and you're like, you know what? Let me, let me find out what this guy's talking about. Mm-hmm. somebody hopefully will listen to us today with the topics that we're going to talk about. And in one way or another, it helps lead them down a road to realize I need to investigate this a little bit more. I need sure. to look into it a little bit more because if they're that passionate about it, maybe I should be that passionate about it. Exactly. And, um, exactly. that, that, that's the, I'm telling you, you stole me a while ago. You, you flat out stole. Me. And what's been crazy ever since we started doing the podcast, uh, beginning last week, and done the velvet sessions. Uh, you were the second or third person that's came in here that I did not know much about, but I've I, I said like, hey, play me some of your originals. The reason why is because I want to hear your heart. Like I want exactly. to hear. I want to hear you. I am. I'm creative. My engineer over there is stupid creative. <laughs> Taylor is too, and I want to be around creative people. Well, you can tell when somebody's faking it. You can mm-hmm. tell, you can straight up tell when somebody's mama, daddy pay for a songwriter or whatever <laughs> and what comes from the heart. Like you, you can, you can straight up tell that stuff. And, uh, I didn't know what I was going to get with you cause we haven't been around each yeah. other. But as soon as I heard you, while I was like, all right, he's got my attention. Right, we're going down the same road here. <laughs> we, we might not have yeah. known we was going down the That's same right. road here, That's right. but we are going down the same road. Um, So you were telling me earlier, like you've been in the music scene for a good bit of time. time, Give us us a little bit of history on that.
1: Well, I actually was in my first band when I was 17 years old. I was asked to play That was last week? Yeah, yeah, I wish. You look like it. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, 17 years old, and we was actually having a pet rally. I went to Johnson County High. And I was having a pet Ralphie, and One of my friends said, Hey, man, don't you play the keys a little bit? And I, and I, to this day, I still don't play the keys. I mean, not, you know, but I do the best, but that's when it started. And, um, we created a band or, or called Southern touch. You know, we, we, we played together. I tell you, we had a group that, you know, we went to Nashville. We, we done the scene and, and we was the first band to play for the redneck games. How long were you all in Nashville? Um, we went to Nashville for, think it was like a week somewhere along in there, we you, were just there you were there you were there six days too we, long you know you're exactly right um, <laughs> we hate, did i hate nashville really we, you know that was a a good time but um i'm not gonna harp too much on nashville
0: no it, but, it, well it's fine, but you it's know, fine. i know why you i know why you can't yeah
1: yeah you I know okay um you know it was a it was a pleasure being able to play at that young of age, and and I I was 21, I think 22 then when we went, but, you know, to meet some of the record companies, and and we played the Broken Spoke, Um, we played Tootsies. I love Tootsies. You know, we was on WSM radio. I love Tootsies. Um, So we got to do and rub elbows with the big boys, you know, and then and then after our week was over and, and, and things just didn't work out, we all come back to our chalk mine jobs, and I Went respect, smiling, I, I respect that it's so just a, just a shot.
0: I respect you know? that so much though because you y'all had enough sense that to realize Nashville wasn't for you. There's yeah. a lot of people that are up there struggling yep. day in and day out. Country music is about working hard and eventually you getting it. You got. I believe there's only one. There's only one actual God, and that's Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. Amen. But there is music gods that are not a real God. So don't <laughs> nobody try to change that shit. What I'm saying, <laughs> they're they're not real. But I don't believe that anybody that gets their names wrote in the annals of country music or any music for that his or that for that fact. Just made it by going up there and following what the record labels say. Everybody that mm-hmm. we consider heroes in music, whatever genre, had to pay their dues. They all have stories. That's right. That's why I believe folks like you all have one song in them. At least one mm-hmm. song. Let me let me say it right. I don't want you to think I'm telling you you got any bad songs. Mm-hmm. I believe everybody has one song in them that is an all-time song. And that all-time song comes from your life experiences. Exactly. No one else can write that song nope. because it's your song. Once you find that song and you put it in the right key, the right words, mm-hmm. is that's an all-time song. Now, whether you sell it and somebody else sings it, or whether you sing it yourself,
1: exactly.
0: that one to me never has mattered. I don't. I don't know why I, I'm like that. I, I believe that I've got buddies that can write as good as Michelangelo could paint, but they can't sing their way out of a damn paper bag. Mm-hmm. And so with me, it's like, you have a beautiful song. Sell it to somebody. No, no, I'm going to keep trying. Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Stop it. Yeah. No, you your line. We was talking about that earlier. Know, you know you got,
1: your role. you got to know your limitations. And, and look, when I was 21, 22, yeah. I was... You know, head strong and hey, I want to be the artist. You know, all of us. You know, in nineteen ninety eight, we actually uh, Southern Touch actually done a um, um, Jimmy Dean Country Showdown with with Jason Aldean. Cool, and they beat him. You know, so and, and Jason kept on. You know, J- Jason. You yeah, know, but Jason right had.
0: I'm not a big fan of him starting.
1: Uh, he evolved. He's, to he's make
0: got. He's got. Because a lot of y'all don't know. If you just saw Jason Aldean when he first started, he's kind of rockerish anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. He he backwards fitted ball cap. I've I've seen yeah. the pictures. i I've, <laughs> I've seen the videos. Um. Uh, do you know the story about him at Crazy... Oh, not Crazy Bull, but um, Whiskey River. Because y'all at some point in time probably had to be at Whiskey River, right?
1: We was back in the day, but I hadn't heard that story. On the okay. <laughs> well,
0: he he got to where, from my understanding, he pissed the people off that owned it. He can never go back again. <laughs> and in my mind, with him being from Lysella, Crawford County or whatever, Whiskey River really used to be the biggest deal there was. It was. was. Uh, R.I.P. Mr. Ernie, who just passed away like mm-hmm. two, three weeks ago. Um, he's got great family. They've always been super nice to me. Uh, they don't even know they've been nice to me. They just hadn't kicked me out as many times as <laughs> they probably Tim should have, uh, for underage drinking. <laughs> but, uh, that place to me was like a cathedral. Of music Mm -hmm. and it it went to hell it went to hell i wish it would never would have but luckily mr rick hill crazy boy he he picked it up and that's right and now we've got a great place for country music there's other places across the state that are very Mm -hmm. good but um jason pissed him off Mm -hmm. and uh, at one point in time when he probably needed to be playing there oh yeah told him he couldn't come back yeah and uh but that's also you get secondhand stories but that's that's the one i heard but um you also told me that you uh what You play for Co. Yeah, we
1: we opened up, and that was one thing we got to do. And you know, we we had a um, you know a sweet sweet lady, precious Toms, and precious few here. I mean, we still love you. And, and Precious does um, a lot of promoting. We, we still today in Nashville, Precious is super promoter, and she's got a group of kids. Justin Dukes is one of her kids. Oh, my God. Just, look, Justin. I did not know Precious. you knew Dukes. Oh, yeah. I Dukes is Ju-
0: coming in Sunday. Good. He's my baby. Good. Ju- Justin oh, I love Justin
1: him. has amazing talent. And, and that's what Precious and the group up in Nashville, um, you know, that's what they do. I know is, who Precious is. is
0: I I know who she is. Sweetest
1: lady in the world.
0: Justin Dukes played um, Saddlebags in Savannah one time. Justin told her that I was coming down there. And she was probably And she got me a room that she did not have to. She got me a room for helping promote it. And this is like in the first days of me being on social media and being anything. And she was as sweet and kind and nice as she could absolutely Mm -hmm.
1: be. Well, Precious is the one even back then. Um, that was behind us yeah. and, and helping us up there. And she's the one that got us in all these places, you know, between her and Alan Lawrence and um, a lot of others. Um, you know, Jimmy Crisman was our sound man, you know, God rest his soul. We love Jimmy to death and we miss him. Um, but you know, Jimmy was our sound guy and we, we went that route with Southern Touch and. Um, we was together from like I said, I was probably 2021 20, and I was 32 maybe when we split up, but and then I never quit music and, and I never times will. I've I, seen I you never play. look, I you probably see me play a lot because I, I we, think we, I, I think we, if I we, could have, find out, I think I've seen you play a lot. Yeah, we've you know, we had a band called Shallow Creek, you know, um, that played in Riceville a lot, and and um, you know, just several ba- different bands, but. I'll never quit music. I had you know, a, And the band we have now, um, you know... you jam up, by the, the way. You know, Soul Shine, and, and and when we first started Soul Shine, it, it was about having fun, and, and it still is, and it's about making people get up move and dance. Oh, yeah. You know, so many bands I I hear, and, and you go hear them, and it's concert music, you know, and, and you can't move to it. If you don't have a beat... And you're not getting them on the dance floor. You're not playing the right music. You're, you're singing to a you know, generation, you're singing, though. Uh, that, exactly, you're singing to exactly. a generation
0: because I'm going to tell you, I'm 33. There are certain music, whether I know the song or not, when you hear the instrument start, your ass gets up and you start grooving. You can't That's help exactly it. exactly right. There's a whole lot of music that is made now that does not have that mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. I am a huge Motown and blues guy. Huge. I mean and when they hit that guitar you can tell what it is. Oh my god, it's over with. And they're going It's over with. And
1: that has been, you know, that has been what we we feed off of. You know, we we we're not country. We may have two country songs in our whole set, you know. And we've we've uh Put our set list up to where you wanna move. You know, you wanna get up. Now that we do slow songs? Of course. You know, you we have to though. You know, we, we break out REO Speedway. Can't oh, this feeling. Love and, Speedway. and you know, uh, Sheriff I'm with when I'm with you, Jeff yeah. Healy Band and you know, Angel Eyes and but the old music and the older you know, we may attract the older audience, you know, at times, but but you also, too, that's, that's
0: knowing you know, what works for you. Exactly. Nobody could ever knock you for not being able to do something that came out in 2020. And you probably could if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. But does it does it work for you and your crowd? Probably not. My, exactly. My, one of my things is knowing your lane and staying in it. That's And exactly I respect right. musicians that know their lane and mm-hmm. stay in what works for them. Yep. Uh, not getting greedy, not trying to cross mm-hmm. the road right. or whatever. Is if you know that seventies and eighties southern rock and groove is what your audience wants, right. give them what they paid to come That's see. Right.
1: And and we all enjoy doing that. And, and you know, we we had gained a you know big following, and and you know we've been together over a year and a half, and and learning each other, and and you know we here recently, you know we went through some some pretty tough times and some trials and some dark days and um, it it still hurts, you know, and, and we're trying to get over that and, and and do some regrouping. Um, We're, we're doing that, done that immediately. Um, You know, because I'm going to tell you um, music is food for the soul. It's a cure. And it's a cure. It's healing. And when you got something going on, no matter. And I, I tell everybody at our shows, um, which we got a few coming up, and, and every time I tell the audience, you know, it don't matter what day you're having, good or bad. If you're having the worst day of your life, and you think you are just inside, maybe scum of the earth, maybe you just went through a divorce, or or maybe you just hurting. You know, you feel lonely, you feel depressed. There is one thing that you can do, and you can put in a good CD. Or you oh, can yeah. go somewhere and listen to some good live music. And for that few minutes or, or however long you do that, you start to heal. And music is food for the soul. And that's why we named the band The Soul Shine Back. Because we want your soul shining. You well, know? the so. thing
0: with that that you're so spot on about is is you're doing something that we hope to be doing something real soon here. Um And we'll get to that shortly. But you're showing people that it's just a bad day. It's not a bad life when you're putting out good music and you're putting out something people to come to and change their attitude and the atmosphere of it. It's an instant reminder that, you know, I'm just having a bad day. And maybe mm-hmm. it's a couple bad days or whatever. But uh, one thing that I'll tell everybody and I say it over and over and over again is every one of us that are sitting here and everyone has listened to us right now. We've made it through every day in our life that we said was the worst day of our lives, exactly. but we're still here now. Unfortunately y'all lost a band member we did. recently. Um, but out of all bad things has to come a lot. Uh, I told you when we first started the day that uh, I didn't have the pleasure of knowing your guitar player before he passed. But because of our conversation this past weekend, it literally got my mind thinking over and over and over again about what I could do uh, for somebody who deals with depression, anxiety, uh, an attempt at a suicide attempt before. And it was like, you know what? I'm going to start a group. Uh, I have a studio now. I have space. Uh, it's in right here in downtown Cochrane, Georgia. And I want it to be where on certain days of the week we can get together. Uh, whether it's you or whatever musician can come that day, we can sit around, we can talk. There can be some music played. There can be some stories told. Um, maybe a lot of people don't realize this, but like for me, I grew up loving to write poetry. And when I started getting good at sports, I got kind of made fun of for writing poetry. So I put it, <laughs> so I put it in my back pocket for like the longest time. Well, there's this transition period in my life. To where I started getting depressed and I didn't know what it was. And I'll forever believe it was because I took away my outlet because I was ashamed of my outlet because it was poetry. Mm -hmm. And so as what we were saying earlier is I want to have people here and you might not know you're good at music. You might not know that you're good at whatever, but we're going to give you a chance to let it out. And you might be the worst damn musician in the history of musicians, but you really can't be worse than me anyway, because I can't pick or do anything. I damn sure can't. <laughs> the good Lord was doing knew, knew what He was doing when He did not make me have any musical talent. He He said, "You're talking shit. That's it." <laughs> and you're lucky I'm giving you that talent. Yeah. But I want it to be where, like you and other musicians coming here, and these and these folks that might and, be lost.
1: And I think that's great. That you know that in itself would help people understand because i'm going to tell you this you know this that happened with josh um you know it happens with a lot of people yeah and and you you'll never understand it you know you can try all you want to understand and and try to you know you got the whys and the what ifs and i don't think we're supposed to i I don't think we're supposed to either. either and and really at the end of the day we don't have to we, we have to move on, and we have to try to find our way to heal. And it's changed a lot of lives, and, and, and it always does. But this has really made me look at life as, you know, a lot different. I look at people a lot different. Um, Josh had become like a son to me. And, you know, his mom, my heart still goes out, you know, for his family that, that's dealt with this. Seth, bless his heart. You know, that was his uncle and um he was in the band as well and you know these there's a lot of hurting times going on and it affect everybody and this made me want like you and, and when you and i talked on the phone or, or we discussed you know i want to help people i, I want to be able to you know do something you know we're going to try to get some t-shirts and stuff we're going to get some t-shirts and stuff made up with with josh on the front you know and and on the back, you know, we're going to put jam for Josh. That's mm-hmm. what we've come up and we've put on our um, on our banner. You know, it's and on the very and we'll top. we'll help you know, push the hell out of
0: that in any way we can. You know, help,
1: help And we want up. to do that. And, and look, a lot of people, and I can tell you right now, there's no gimmick here. We're going to take 100% of the proceeds of these T-shirts and we're going to give it to the family and let them donate it in Josh's name. Um, You know, and in the memory of Josh – as a memorial and also to, you know, fund the suicide prevention, you know, yeah. because just like you're talking about doing here, I think that's one of the best ideas you could ever come up with because anytime you have a platform and we was talking about that, whether it be here or, you know, I even said in the velvet session or, or it don't matter how many people you're in front of, you use that platform for good and good things to happen. And, um, but, I want to say because I'm sure they're going to watch this. Carrie, Eric, and um, Seth, Zach, and everybody involved, John Darty, we love you. And um, our heart's still going and going out for you and bleeding for you. And um, we're always here. And um, Josh, you know, Josh is gone, but he will never be forgot. Every time Soul Shine Band is on that stage, regardless of what musicians are up there, regardless of the venue, He'll always have Jam for Josh on the top and Josh is looking down on us. And I try to look, you know, look past and, and see the, you know, see the light and, and the light of it is that I really feel like Josh is playing a golden guitar. Yeah.
0: Well, you also too, cause I am, I am one that always takes a negative and tries to see the positive in a situation. Well, it's always going to be hell on everybody that knew him that he's gone. But now y'all have a chance because of it to change someone else's life. And maybe maybe in some kind of twisted world or whatever, that ends up being a beautiful thing. Like it, to his family, you can never replace that. Never. But I didn't know Josh. Uh, I hate that I didn't. I don't know his family. But if they think about it and something that you do with Jam for Josh or something that you say or some kid – that you touch by just your performances or the things you talk to them about or the things you push maybe it saves their life and it's it's always about it is our it is our job that when bad things happen to us you can either crumble or you can build from it it sucks nobody likes to view death as something to build from we, you lost a good friend. You lost uh, someone, You like you said, you treated like your son. Well, what if you and the family and everybody in the band end up helping these other kids or these other individuals that, you know, were doing this with us? Because I think you said that you'll come in here some. And with the jam for Josh and stuff, what if you helped start a wildfire and, right. and, and saving folks? That's right. and. As, as sad as it is to say, if you would not have called me the other day and you would not have told me the story uh, about losing Josh and everything, I don't know if it would have got placed on my heart yet. And in my mind, it's like this was placed on. And it wasn't just like you said it to me and then it went one ear and out the other. It was everything I saw from the time me and you talked until. I decided yesterday that okay, we're doing this. It was everything I saw. I couldn't get away from it. So in my mind, it was like you were meant to call me. This is what we're supposed to do. So we don't know what's around the next corner, but mm-hmm. I'll go and tell you we're on the right path. Yeah. I hate that it had to be mm-hmm. s- started. I just stuttered like hell. Oh my goodness, yeah. I did. <laughs> I, I, I don't know where that stutter. I was stuttering, Stanley, real quick. I I hate how the journey started. But I know that from our conversations and everything, we're on the path we're supposed to be on.
1: I think this is a platform that has been given to you and me. Um, you know, you started this and, and I, I will commit and tell you right now, any, any way that I can help in any way that I can. You know, be a part of this. I want to be a part of it. We're definitely because, hitting our silver mine. Because I'm some telling stuff you, soon, I'll
0: go ahead and tell you it. If not, <laughs> I can't pay nobody. They're just telling you <laughs> up front.
1: Because I'm telling you, um, you know, we, we really need, and as a society, and, and I really believe this because it, it has opened my eyes to so many things, you know, uh, relationships or jobs or, or it, it don't matter what it is. Everyone has their demons. Everybody, yes, everybody is dealing with something, and and you have to be careful when you're talking to people and, and and how you react to some of the things. Even though you're mad at them and and you're just so sick of their the way they do, and you know you don't ever know that person what's behind the scene, no, what's going on, you never on know everybody. what's happening, and you never know how your reaction can affect the way they react. So. You know, since this happened with and not only this that happened with Josh, but I've had some other issues to go on within just, you know, a six month time frame and, and I've been dealing with and and it just changed me to look at things a lot differently and look at people in life. We take life for granted. And I think as a society, we are so busy focusing on the bad. And I want to say this again. We're so busy focusing on the bad things in our life and the sad things in our life that we overlook the things that we're supposed to be focusing on. And that's what's going on good in our life. You know, I, You know, our kids or our grandkids, they're healthy. Or, or, you know, we have a roof over our head. We have a good job or maybe, you know, we overlook these things and we try to focus on, okay. Oh, I, I didn't, uh, you know, it's like the old man said one time, a lot of people are just so negative. Um, you know, you could wake up one morning, that man could say, you know what? Sun show sure is shining. It's a pretty day. And he'd say, yeah, but the wind's blowing. Oh, yeah. This, you, you know, so you got people that way and, I would like to be able to help and encourage people to, you know, see through. Well, see through you're one the, of the
0: You're one of the few people, and I say few, there's a lot of folks out there, but there's not as many as there should be, that you realize that fact. Like, you realize that this is a negative world. We're throwing negative stuff in our face. If you try to lose Daily. Facebook, what whatever, it's negative, 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 negative. So why not be a positive light? Like even when bad stuff happens to you. Um, I am one that always everybody that you've ever met in your life has been through a negative situation, caused some kind of trauma for them. I do not care who you are, mm-hmm. you've had some kind of trauma. Now you got two different people when that trauma hits. You have the person who lets it cripple them the rest of their life. And it could have been the worst shit in the world that happened to them. I hate that it ever happened to them. But at the same time, I am a firm believer that that stuff happened to you for a reason, to make you something else, okay? And there's a lot of kids and stuff that go through this trauma or whatever trauma it would be that you just can't think you ever get out of it. Well, then you have the second part of it is you have people that are warriors. You have people that are saying to themselves, look, I went through trauma, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend the rest of my life. Making sure that trauma never happens to me or anybody that I love again. It's almost becoming an activist within yourself and yep. you in your group to where one thing that that people get mad at me all the time about it. Um, I make fun and I call it the godfather complex to where <laughs> when I am around people, I tend to be the boss. The alpha, or whatever you call, I can't help it. I can't. I can't help it. I get. I pay people now, so they don't have no damn choice. But, but my friends, and it's not that I want to be bossy. It's I know that if you listen to me, nothing bad is going to happen to you. And I think with all the negativity in this world, you have people like me and you that with your drivers, with the people that you work for, last thing you want is sometimes you're going to tell these people what they don't want to hear. Exactly. But it's for their best. Mm -hmm. Because we're all, at some point in time, too damn headstrong to get out of our own way. I wish, and I was, I had friends that supported me when I was young, when I was screwing up all the time, when I wasn't a good person. I wish I'd have had friends that beat the hell out of me. (laughs) And instead of saying, hey, you're kind of messing up, like, Show me how bad I was messing up. Now, once again, if those mess ups wouldn't happen, I wouldn't be the man I am today. So I'm That's always right. I'm always grateful for my screw ups. Um but I think it's the same thing with you. There needs to be more of us out there that are warriors, that have been through the trauma. Some people in your situation with the band and everything right now, I think that have stopped playing. I think they'd stop playing, but then you're being selfish in my mind if you stop playing. Because I don't think that's what Josh would have wanted. I think he would have known, first of all, because I've been there. I've been through a suicide attempt. It's not that you want to die. It's that you're tired of living. And there's just a point that we get to with that to where it's like, okay, which one outweighs the other? Right. I've said it over again. I just took the wrong stuff. If I wouldn't have took the wrong stuff, you know, I wouldn't be here. But the good Lord made me a dumbass. To where I did. <laughs> and that's the only reason why. So I relate to people that have been down that road. And that's why we want to start our
1: sessions. Yeah, we, we, we want to start all this. We're our own worst enemy. We are. I mean, I mean we, we critique ourselves more than anybody will ever critique us. And, and, um, like I said, none of us is perfect. And, and society has built, Has built up where you got to be this certain shape, or or you got to be, you know, you can't be overweight, or you can't be, you know. And we've let that um, control us. We've let what other people think worry us, And, and we've let, you know, I've I just don't understand and how somebody can be so shallow to to pick and i want to talk about bullying a little while all right you go right the hell ahead you okay, the first person in six episodes you run with that I, shit. I want i want to talk about that because i don't care what platform you're on and i don't i don't care who you think you are but to bully someone and 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 the reason i say this i'm sure a lot of uh, people uh a lot of kids and, and adults You know, they may not do it in in a um, way that like they would if they was a kid, but to keep continuously being a bully and you push that person. And there again, I said earlier, you don't know what that person's been through. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what just happened at his home or his. So there you are. It's just like you, you got a cigarette lighter and you've lit the end of it. You've know, you, you probably uh, been one of them drunkards one time when you get this lighter and and, and burn it up and do I, like this. I, I, don't like I don't like
0: cigarettes. I don't yeah. like cigarette, cigarette lighters. I stay away
1: from fire. Yeah.
0: I am a ginger. We don't like anything <laughs> hot or anything. So we stay the hell away from
1: it. Me and my buddies used to heat it up and, and burn each other. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's the way it is. And you're doing that to that person and you don't realize What they're going through, and you could be the cause of their snap. No, you're right. You could be a cause to ignite that flame that's already burning inside of them and say, You know what? I've had enough. And and bullying, you know, look, I was young. We all was. And we all had this dumb shit. Look, we all have had this kid. As kids, not two kids. we, We have all had this kid that maybe. Didn't have the kind of shoelace we had, or didn't have the, you know, we've been that kid.
0: We were assholes. We were all kids yeah, are exactly. assholes. Oh, don't assholes eh?
1: but assholes. you know, not only kids, you see today, and you can turn TV on, and you can see bullying going on today in some of the highest levels, and it's straight White House bullying. <laughs> it's straight bullies, it you know, and, and I just don't uh, agree with it. And I think that could really cause
0: it causes a lot way of it. more than what a whole lot of people realize, because we're taught as we're both. I'm guessing you grew up in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Okay, me and you both are Southern males. Uh, I'm gonna guess you're you know you're 31. You look about. Thank 31. you. I you're, appreciate
1: that. You're very that. welcome. You're very welcome. I'll be 49 I, next. Really? <laughs> next week? Would, week after next? I have aged horribly. <laughs> Holy shit. Let's uh, see. No, you're. I, you're, say, nah, you're um, I'm 33. are
0: 33. I'm 33.
1: So. Only can I watch you. Know, they yeah. So <laughs> we're,
0: we're. There you go. We're. Thir- I'm 33. You're 49. But I like the other one better. I you, I definitely would, too. <laughs> but uh, we're raised in the South or wherever that boys supposed to be tough. Well, one thing that I absolutely wish I could go back and change is I was tough to kids because of how I was raised. Like, I was tougher on kids that were weird and what I thought were, I don't know, just different than me. And I I, I can consider myself as probably bullying until I got to a certain age. And I realized that I was being bullied by people, but not like bully-bullied, mm-hmm. but maybe belittled. And then I felt like I was bullied. So... Where you're raised at, we. only thing I like about the new school system and all the shit that's going on, because there's a whole lot I don't agree with. Like 99.9% of what kids are being taught now, I don't agree with. But not bullying and treating everybody else with respect and understanding that there is different people is something that I do agree with. Now, some of that stuff, they take it way the hell too far. But... We were taught that you know what—it's okay to pick on like the sissy boy, like it's okay. Like you're not supposed to be a sissy, so you should man up and pick on the sissy boy to where he's not a sissy. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, exactly, it, it is. But my dad, my family are just as guilty of it as anything. Now, like at one point in time, uh, I made the I made the joke earlier to somebody else, but. It was where I said, you know what, uh, even being in the South, and being a Southern male, if I wanted to be gay, I'd be gay, and I'd be damn proud about it. And I thought about it, and I was like, you know what, my dad, my dad's almost 60 years old. I'm not married yet. I want to go to his house, and I want to say, hey, Dad, I'm gay, just to see what he'd say. He'd have a fucking heart attack and die in front of me. <laughs> But until then, I would hope that he'd be like, you're my son. <laughs> be, because if my daughter if my daughter comes to me and she says that I'm going to support her, and there's a whole lot of people out there that if you're listening to me right now, uh, I want you to understand that however you choose to live your life is your life. Uh, your friends and family should support you. I have friends that I think are gay. That will never, ever, ever say that they are. And I think it's sad. And I think it's a travesty. And, uh, just know that Joshy supports you. Raising Gray Studio supports you. And, uh, you got a place here with us. I like the weird looking back at it. I was the weird kid. (laughs) I should, I just happened to be bigger than everybody until like 11th grade. And then I quit growing. I was five, nine in eighth grade and just destroying people on the football field. And then I get to high school and just get my ass kicked every day on the football field because everybody else six foot tall. But I mean, that's the way it should be. It it should be where all of us are taught now that bullying in any way, shape, or
1: form is wrong. And it just shows your insecurities. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And, you know, we time flies. I mean, I'm going to tell you when, you know, you, you 30 years old and it gets faster and faster. I
0: blinked yesterday, and, and I was 29. You know, um,
1: so I think we need to make the best of the time we got left, and by making the best with time we do have left on this earth, I think we need to help people and see, see people for who they are, and, and, you know, not what they are, but who they are, who is the person.
0: When... uh when, you didn't know me before the radio station. Uh, before working at Y96 and all that stuff. And If y'all sue me for saying that, y'all can just kiss my ass even more. But <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to say the name of them or not, but whatever. They're still running my commercials. But before then, I was called the bearded bastard. and uh, <laughs> But everybody always got a negative connotation of bastard. But if you ever watched um, Game of Thrones bastard in Game of Thrones is used as you know, you have no father, you have no ruler. It translates over so it just, I'm a deep thinker, so it wasn't just he's just a bearded asshole He's (laughs) I wanted it to mean I had no ruler. That I I think that every man and woman has their own decree that you live by your own rules we have to fit into society uh, but you have to live by your own decree well when I first started bearded bastard and it became big and people started knowing who I was and acknowledging me, I did an interview one time for this online magazine and I got put in a position where they asked me a very uncomfortable question and it was, what is your goal with all this? Well, sitting there thinking, Heath, I was like, shit, I'm trying to make a lot of money, (laughs) but my mouth, thank God would not, my head wouldn't let my mouth say that. And I thought about it for a second and I was like, I just want to help one person. If it's by the comments that I say about talking about my mental health issues, things I've been through my faith, even though I am not a good Christian, I'm not an example setter, but I also believe that I am the way I am because I reach people that are exactly the same as me. So I always keep it between the lines. Now I'll ride the hell out the sides (laughs) <laughs> but I keep it between the lines and I think that's what you're talking about is instead of us striving for monetary gain and, uh, and and things like that it's it's when you realize that 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 reward you get from helping someone exactly is so much more than any amount of money that you can get paid. That's when you start seeing life in a completely different
1: way. And I think if you can encourage others to do that same thing, yeah. it's a, a big network. And and this, you know, that that you're talking about doing that I want to be a part of. Oh, you're a part of it. That you don't have a choice I really now. I really do believe that this is the seed, the plan. I believe with all my heart, that God has a plan for everything. Everything. Every single thing. And I really believe in the plan was for you and I, number one, to meet. Oh, yeah. Number, But before that, the things that you went through, that was in the plan, plan brother. You're right, brother. And and it could very well be the big plan uh, to help others and to give you that platform and and that seed of uh, well, he doesn't to make be able mistakes. to do that.
0: No, no. We, we, we very quickly forget in our bad times exactly that he doesn't make mistakes. Mm-mm. That is the that's the great thing about faith is I don't have to know what I'm doing all the time. Because somebody else does. like I, I, I can get mad as hell. And like, why is this happening? Why is this going on? But it's very quickly when you come back to a realization, and you grab back a hold of your faith or it grabs back a hold of you, probably more importantly, it's where you very quickly get it in your head. It's maybe this is what's supposed to be happening. Maybe there is a purpose. I can't see that purpose yet. But that's what's beautiful to me about having faith is I don't have to see that purpose yet. I have to walk this rocky ass road to get to where I'm going to. It's knowing that my journey might be tough, but the destination is going to be beautiful. Exactly. I think the rougher your destination or the rougher your journey, the more beautiful your destination. And with you, and the other people that have reached out that want to help people that come here, I mean, you think about it. How I told you a while ago that everybody's got their own song. You think about a kid walking in this door, you sitting down with that kid, them expressing, you know, I like writing poetry. I've always wanted to write music. And you're sitting there with this kid, and y'all start putting pen to paper. That's your song. I mean, that, that, that's where it comes from. It's, mm-hmm. it's from these beautiful moments that it took tragedies to make happen. It took the bullshit in your life, the bullshit in mine and Lacey Taylor's and everybody that works for Raising Grace. It took all of us to have those bullshit moments to where we have those things. And that is why I think with every pain comes a purpose. Definitely. You just got to not let it drown you.
1: You, you can't focus on it and you, you can't. can't keep, you know, you got to focus on the good things. You know, the Lord has blessed us all and we, we still, and I say we because I do it too. You know, you start to focus on the bad. And that's all you think of. You know, this ain't going right. This, that's not going right. And, and then you turn around and say, wait a minute, you know, look at the things I'm thankful for. Look yep. at the blessings I've got. And so, but that's how it needs to be. Just be thankful of what you got.
0: And- well, speaking of thankful, Mr. Heath, I am thankful that you came today. Oh, I enjoyed it. Man, this it. was, Josh, this was absolutely me. wonderful. Um, real quick before we sign off for the podcast with you, tell them where they can find you and Soul
1: Shine well, on uh Facebook. on social media yeah you can get on facebook right now we're just on facebook um we do we're gonna help with that y'all, yeah, ain't, y'all we, ain't about <laughs> just to be on facebook <laughs> we're on just facebook right now um we are uh doing some regrouping and we got some um you know events coming up uh november the 7th i can go ahead and announce so we will be inspired at the v um that they are opening back up and we'll be the first band that will play there so that's brand new. That just booking just happened last night. Um still waiting. We're supposed to be at Saltwater uh coming up November as well. I can so, I can help with that
0: now. So um, yeah, well, yeah, 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 about that. Yeah, I'm waiting
1: on a <laughs> I'm waiting on a text back from uh we'll, Mr. Gary. So we'll, you we'll may get, need to call we'll, that. We'll, we'll get a text back from um, you. you know, December thirty uh, first or, or New Year's we have we have booked Cocker Motor Speedway. I'll be and, going for it. And, and, and so we're gonna be there. So um but anyway Y'all just come check out a show and Josh, thank you so much. No, thank
0: you. Thank for, you. For having us. And uh you'll be back. I promise you that. You'll be back and thank you for everything. And thank y'all for listening to Politics Religion. Ooh, how about messed it up?
1: Suttering again.
0: Sutter Stanley. Thank y'all for listening to Politics, Religion and Whiskey, the Josh Terry podcast. We'll be catching you next time.